0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Average Sean podcast. I am Sean saying what's up to all of you. Chris is with me again as always. Chris, how
1: are you doing? I'm doing swell. Happy Tuesday.
0: Excellent. Good and happy Tuesday to you as well. Glad to hear that you're doing well. Uh so let's not waste any time because week zero college football is here, baby. So let's di- let's dive right into this. We're we're into the best part of the year, the part that people love to talk about, love to debate, uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, we this Saturday, we got real games. We don't have preseason NFL. We don't have any of that extra kind of like fluff on top of the actual cake. We get the actual cake. Let's dive into it. Let's not waste any time. We're going to talk uh, Nebraska-Illinois, the very first game is going to kick off on Saturday. Chris, when you think Nebraska-Illinois, I know you're a huge Big Ten football fan. What comes across your mind? Football's back, baby.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Um, there are definitely uh, some big, big, well, this matchup has the biggest, arguably the biggest uh, storyline, you know, of the weekend. One, it's a conference game, earliest conference game on uh, in college football history, as far as I can find online. And obviously there's this entire Scott Frost scandal that's, that's going on right now that I'm sure we'll dive into Um, new coaching staff for Illinois you know, let's dive in. What, what are we hitting first on this? So the first
0: thing that I'm hitting on this is that I am very, very happy that there is a, a big conference matchup this early in the season. And particularly this, like these two teams this early in the season, because, you know, week one's going to give us some huge match, uh, matchups. you have got like Ohio state, Oregon, some other games like that, but Nebraska and Illinois playing each other is like, Oh, sweet conference matchup, but also like conference matchup that if it wasn't for like, you know, every other game going on, like we, we wouldn't watch those normally. So like Nebraska, Illinois, if, it, if it's week six, I'm not watching that. There's there's probably better games on, you know, I'd rather this be like in a standalone game now and say like, hey, yeah, like we've got another big conference that's that's playing. These are the teams that aren't going to normally get so much publicity. And you've got a captive audience because you've got people who have been waiting for football season to come back and they've got it and this is what they've got. And normally everyone could look at it and be like, really? Like Nebraska, Illinois is all we got. I'm looking at it as like, sweet, Nebraska, Illinois is what we got because, you know, other than like, you know, the SEC where it seems like almost every team sounds like Vanderbilt is interesting. Uh, No, maybe Arkansas too. Sorry, Arkansas. Other than that, like people always talk like Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Uh, If we want to go out to the West Coast, USC, uh, you could also throw Notre Dame in there. But how often do Illinois and Nebraska really get talked about? Like if Nebraska is being talked about, it's mostly how like the fans there are living in the past and thinking that their team should be a whole lot better than what they are uh, because they still think that they're capable of like going down to recruit in Texas, even though they're not in the Big 12 anymore. So they don't have that foothold. Uh, so the, the quick ramble that I gave you really just comes down to my, my number one priority is just having frankly, a a fun matchup that even if it's not the sexiest, frankly, this is the game of the week with the sex appeal. So I'm into it. Um, and I'm also going to be interested, like you said, see what happens with Scott Frost. He's on the hot seat. If it's not blazingly hot this season, if he has another trash season, it should be in the postseason. And then you've also got Brett Bielema coming to Illinois. So he's coming back to Big Ten country after failing at Arkansas. Once again, sorry, Arkansas. But he's coming back to Illinois, and it's going to take some time for him to build that program. But I'm curious to see what he can do with the talent that Lovey Smith left there for him.
1: Definitely. I mean, Illinois hasn't had a winning season in over 10 years, which is That's pretty, pretty rough. That's pretty rough. That is pretty rough. Also... It's kind of exciting the fact that after this game, regardless of who wins, it might be the only time this year that Ohio State is not in first place in the entire Big 10. <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, I will say, you know I, I think sorry, I'm also- going to
0: dive in on that for a quick second. I will say I've, I've done probably way more research than I should. There's a chance, small one, small one, because there's it's always going to be small when you're talking about Ohio State against anyone else in the Big 10. Indiana's got a pretty favorable schedule, so and Indiana is one of those teams that could trip them up.
1: So it's very true. I I I like Indiana, but let's not let's not let's not jump ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, you know, Nebraska (laughs) and Illinois, little bit only a little bit of sex appeal. So let's just stick with them and and give them the attention they deserve.
1: Yeah. So I think it's important to note that this game was supposed to be played in Ireland and then was moved to Illinois uh, because of COVID, obviously. Obviously, just glad that it's actually being played, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to see a fairly normal fan section. You know, <laughs> once again, I'm biting my lip as I say that and, bite it, you know, trying not to get too excited. So obviously we, we, we touched on the Scott Frost issue and his hot seat for uh, off-field issues r- involving COVID. Um, what, you know, kind of to dive in on that a bit, what are your thoughts on that? You know, um, obviously, uh, Arizona state also got busted with doing, uh, illegal workouts during COVID and bringing recruits onto campus and they weren't supposed to, and now Scott Frost and Nebraska got busted. And I don't know, I'd just be curious your, your takes on that, because I'm going to be honest, I would bet that majority of the teams across the country were doing that, (laughs) As much as I hate to say that, I just – part of me wonders if Nebraska is trying to hold on to that administration-wise, is trying to hold on to that as like a a scapegoat to get Scott Frost out the door.
0: Does Nebraska really want Scott Frost out the door, though, because do they really want to go through another coaching search again? I mean, their whole goal is to return to glory, and – Scott Frost had a pretty glorious time at UCF, albeit brief, but glorious. You know, Do they, they really want to go to the searching pool again?
1: I agree. However, they did get a new AD this summer.
0: Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, so Scott, just-
1: Frost, S- Scott Frost is not his guy. It's true. Um, so I don't know. I think that that'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. And I'm also going to throw this out there. So looking ahead in Nebraska's schedule, they have Illinois this weekend. Fordham and then Buffalo. And then week four, they play Oklahoma. Huge <laughs> rivalry from back in the day. Um, obviously big 12, but then even before that in the big eight, they met 71 years consecutively up until the big 12, until the big eight expanded into the big 12. Um, and that was, you know, a bloodbath that was an you know old school rivalry. And this is the first year it's been brought back. Um, Oh, it's going it to be well. a bloodbath of a different sort now. Well, so I, I I float this idea out there. They beat Illinois, and it's not impossible to say that they will. You know, I personally have Nebraska winning this game.
0: Their um, favorite, too.
1: Yeah, I, I have Nebraska winning this. Okay, Fordham FC, FCF school should be a W. Buffalo lost their head coach, lost some key guys this past offseason. That should be a a w. So you could have, realistically, a 3-0 Nebraska team going against a 2-0 Oklahoma team.
0: If that happens, I get the feeling that a lot of people around Nebraska are going to get their hopes up, only to have Oklahoma have them come crashing back to reality really fast. That's, oh, that's, that's going to be one of those games where, like, because of some other, like, wacky things that happen, I could see Nebraska ending up as, like, the 24th or 25th best team or ranked team in the country at that point because they played a bunch of cupcakes plus Illinois. Um, But I could see them getting there. And then just real quick, Oklahoma reminds them, Hey, you're not what you once were. We still are what we once were just a different, you know, addition of it. Let's get you out of the top 25 and make sure that you never sniff it again.
1: Oh, totally. I, I agree. I would take Oklahoma in that any day of the week. Um, But just something interesting to think about, you know, that could be a scenario and, I would say that Illinois is their biggest hurdle into possibly making that happen. Oh, for sure. Also, I'm going to float this out there. Why is this the one o'clock game? This should be a primetime game. You know, I know it's not the most exciting, but of this slate, it's, it has the most impact on the actual college football landscape for the year. There are these key points, you know, new coaching staff at Illinois, Nebraska and the Scott Frost issue. Why is this not (laughs) primetime?
0: You know, I one of the things I've noticed over the years is that particularly at Fox, because they do their whole like big noon Saturday thing. They like they kind of treat the early window almost as if it's primetime, uh, because, you know, like the the nighttime primetime games usually get saved for like the teams out west. Uh, so I'll say that this game's probably in the one o'clock window because they're considered more east than they are west. Uh, especially it, it, it may have just been the window that they had open when the game was originally supposed to be played in Ireland. So the, the time of the game probably was meant to be like, I don't know, 9 a.m., whatever work over in Ireland. And when, they, uh, when that didn't happen, they probably had to scramble to make sure that they could get it in and not mess up the rest of their program in the process of it. So that probably played a part of it. Uh, I don't know for sure, uh, but I just – I don't see – you know, college football being that selective over who plays at night rather than who plays in the morning because they, they do tend to put a lot of marquee matchups early in the day.
1: Totally, and for a normal week, I would say yes, but for week zero... All right, you got me there. Like, like, I also... I don't know for sure. <laughs> no, I, I, and I I don't expect you to have an answer. I just, I look at this and I'm like, hmm, and, you know, I'm not the one making big bucks to, 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 to determine the scheduling, so... Yeah.
0: Maybe since it's it's that early in the day and Fox seems to be the only broadcast network that has, um, you know, had like, or sorry, that's the only game on Fox for college football that day. And right. I, I haven't gone and checked it, but with Fox also having a lot of MLB obligations, they could very easily have an MLB game that's taking up the later slots. So that's true. That, that would be my best guess for you. Uh, but in truth, I don't know because I would much rather that game be at night as well. But the other option that could be is they could just say, hey, you know, we've got other networks competing with us. We're the only one who's got the one o'clock time slot. Let's get our fish hooks into everybody or into everybody with this game and then bring them in. And so that way they like they stick with us from the start. So when everyone's, you know, jacked up about college football being back, Fox is the first one that they go to
1: could very well be who knows.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for everyone listening this year, uh, Chris and I, we are going to be making our picks in each game. Uh, Chris and I were not really expert gamblers, but I am going to bring up some of the like odds spread line, stuff like that, uh, that, you know, is available. Uh, just so everyone knows I will be using the Barstool sports book as my primary source for this information. Uh, no particular reason why I'm using them other than just like I'm, I'm the most familiar with it. So that's, that's where I'm going to choose to go. But if, if you go to like BetMGM or anybody else where you can place these bets, uh, sports betting is still working in the process of becoming active in Maryland. It is not legal. They just need to make it uh, active. So everybody can actually do it. So because of that, I haven't actually been placing any bets. Uh, keep in mind, if, if Chris and I do say like, Hey, we would actually bet on this game we're gonna say that we're betting on it as if we're putting like five bucks on it. So not a whole lot of money, not a whole lot of expertise here in terms of like what each numbers mean, but we do kind of know the basics of like, you know, who's the favorite, who's the underdog. We obviously know what the over under is, that's super self-explanatory, uh, things of that nature. So what we're gonna do mainly is we're just gonna pick up, um, you know, who would just win the game straight up. So if you wanna put it in gambling terms, we're gonna pick the money line, uh, you know, who's, who's gonna win the game. And I may or may not uh, put in some like, you know, extra tidbits of like, well, you know, I think I'll bet the over on this game or the under on this one in particular. So like, just to kind of give everyone an example, the first thing I'm going to do with the Nebraska-Illinois game is I'm going to bet the under if, if I were able to bet it, because if there's anything Brett Bielema knows how to do, it's have a low scoring, boring Big Ten football game. So I feel like he's, he, if anything, he's going to be able to bring that to Illinois right from the front. And just kind of slow the game down, make it so there aren't a whole ton of, uh, of possessions. So, Chris, uh, I've already mentioned I'm going to take the under. I'll give my prediction on who uh, is going to win after you give yours. Who do you have winning this game?
1: I have Nebraska coming away with the W, kind of cooling the Scott Frost hot seat a bit. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm hopeful, but I, I kind of want to see that that week four matchup against Oklahoma. Or sorry, week three matchup against Oklahoma. Going undefeated, both teams. So, and I mean, looking at the score, I I would take the under as well. All right, and just so
0: everyone knows, because I did say I was going to take the under, I did not say what the uh, the line was at. The line is at fifty five. So, Chris and I are both going to be taking the under fifty five bet. There, uh, again, assuming we can bet, I'll stop saying that after this. But just so everyone knows, once again, unless we're going to travel to another state, and frankly, I'm not that pressed to put any bets in. Uh, but you know. We can't bet here in Maryland yet. So just assume that's if it's live, we're doing it. Right now, it's just pretend. Or I guess you could say it's practice. So uh, so you've got Nebraska taking the W. I also have Nebraska taking the W in this one. Uh, Scott Frost has been at Nebraska a lot longer than Brett Bielema has been at Illinois because Bielema's brand new. Uh, also, the quarterback at Nebraska, uh, Martinez, he's been there. It, it feels like since you and I were back in college. So he's like the old man on the block. And when in doubt, take the more experienced quarterback, even in college. Uh, normally, the rule would be take the more, the better head coach. And frankly, I do think Bielema is a better head coach. But he doesn't have his players there yet. So with that, I'm leaning Nebraska uh, as well as the under. So next game on the schedule, this was the one that popped out at most to me first just because of the name recognition of the schools but we've got Fresno State uh bringing in UConn they're traveling across the country to California and this one jumped off the board to me because when I was looking at the lines for it I noticed that Fresno is favored by like 27 in the hook in terms of you know they're they're basically saying that Fresno is going to win by four touchdowns which at first shocked me because you know I I you know, think UConn, I think, oh, really recon- uh, recognizable brand. But then I also reminded myself it's recognizable because of basketball, not football. Uh, so it's just a reminder of like, okay, slow down. UConn football, kind of a trash program. This is believable. But 27 and a half still seems like a lot to me. What do, what do you think?
1: Uh, uh, huge spread. Huge spread. I will say can't forget the glory days of UConn football. They did make the Fiesta Bowl in 2011, and uh, Towson's own Rob Ambrose was on the coaching staff for that team.
0: And so was Randy Etzel, who came to Maryland and then started telling players that they couldn't even wear earrings in in the practice facility. I actually uh, I knew someone who played at Maryland during the Etzel era, and he described it as just hell on earth. And he, he did have success at UConn before. I'm not sure if he's still there now, uh, which clearly shows my interest in UConn football. But <laughs> if he's still there now, then clearly the way that he was you know, interacting with his players in, in 2011 no longer works in 2021. So they, they had a brief sense of success, but not anymore. And you could say, oh, how the mighty have fallen. But were they really that mighty to begin with?
1: Totally. No, I agree. I mean, definitely a basketball school front and center. Um, it's also important to note that they were one of the teams that opted out of last year. So they haven't played football in roughly 20, 21 months. That's significant, um, especially when it comes to development of players. You know, uh, I don't I, know. If
0: everybody else is doing their those illegal workouts like Scott Frost is, then they, they play at least some level of football.
1: Uh, well, once again, it's one thing to go against your own team. It's another thing to be hitting against an opponent. So I, I definitely factored that in. I think they're going to be very amped up for the game. But, you know, rust happens, you know, even in, in the NFL, for example, even in college after a bye week, you know, one week of, of having no game, uh, you know, game tilted and teams suffer because of it. So I'm curious to see. You know, that could be a huge positive for them because they are amped up and kind of rejuvenated. Uh, but at the same time, you know, rust is definitely a factor. Um, I will say that, you know, when looking at the spread, Fresno is obviously 20, 25 and a half. That's insane. But I will say Fresno uh, had a pretty sick offense last year. Uh, their quarterback, who uh, Jake Hayer Hayner, uh, was a Washington transfer, so obviously got some uh, Pac-12 eyes on him, probably had some other eyes on him when, uh, when it comes to recruiting. Uh, he averaged over 330 yards a game last year. Um, and, you know, early on in the season, especially week zero, defenses are not up to snuff yet. Um, I would imagine it's so high because Fresno State is basically being uh, asked to ball out. <laughs> So I actually, I I don't want to make my pick yet, but I have the, I have it going over. Really? Yep. Okay. So
0: this is one of those ones where I would definitely take the under again. Uh, But this one, a little bit different in terms of, you know, I don't think both teams will be, you know, really contributing to it. I think honestly, UConn's going to contribute to it. I think UConn at this point is barely more than just a, a group of five school. And it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, no, like it's it's just not going to happen. They're not going to be able to score enough. So I think that Fresno can put up some points. But, you know, I think that even if they're not known truly as like a, a huge defensive team and I don't know whether they are or not, but that defense will probably be able to do enough to go up against a UConn team who, like you said, hasn't played in damn near two years. And they'll be able to just shut them down in the first game of the season. No problem. If this were, you know, two three weeks into the season, I would maybe contemplate the over, but man, you give me a line up in the sixties. There's no way I'm touching that one. Give me the under all day, every day on that one. Um, but I'm going to assume based on how that we've been talking about this, that you definitely have Fresno winning the game. Correct. I do as well. Uh, Go us for knowing how to have contrarian opinions. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully at some point we do a lot less uh, agreeing with each other. Uh, The other thing I want to touch on, just because I I thought about this the other day, Fresno State has gotten some good players over the years that they put in the NFL. Like, I easily forget that both Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were on the same team as each other at Fresno State. So, you know, it's, it's not a power five school, but they get some power five level talent that just maybe doesn't get the recognition when they're being recruited in high school that they deserve. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I definitely agree with that. So next game up, we have Hawaii versus UCLA. Uh, this one, if I think about what jumps out to me first and foremost First thing that comes to mind is, is Chip Kelly going to be able to actually get UCLA up off the doormat of the Pac-12? He's been tasked with doing that. He's been there for a few years. He's got his, his recruits in the building. I feel like he's at a
1: point of no excuses. What say you? Definitely at the point of no excuses, um, but I'm also going to throw this out there right off the bat. So Hawaii, week zero, get that out of the way following week ucla gets lsu oh you think maybe a trap game uh well not so much a trap game against hawaii but i i uh, just to to give away my pick i i have ucla winning this game but i expect it to be a pretty boring game because hawaii is nowhere near the team that they used to be um and i I expect ucla yeah rest in peace colt brennan (laughs) Tommy Chang, I'm sorry, Timmy Chang. They had, you know, Hawaii obviously had a sneaky good run there in like the mid 2000s. Um, put up some crazy. I don't know what they called it the their their offense, but it's like basically it was basically like an air raid offense. Um, June Jones, but, baby, June yeah, Jones, yeah, June Jones, crazy. Um, I I just wonder Chip Kelly is going to go out there. He's going to get a non conference win easy. Um, which he's done basically without fail throughout his his entire coaching career. And then obviously next week he gets LSU, which is a non-conference game, but it's not just a non-conference game. That is a huge game, regardless of conference or not. And LSU was not really so happening last year. Uh, Obviously lost a few players because of the NFL draft after winning the, the championship the year before but that's that's Um, the norm at
0: lsu so that's almost like a non a non-starter
1: just because it's so common for them to lose so many players to the draft exactly but then you add in covid and they had some guys opt out last year and i don't know I, i a lot of guys have lsu going undefeated and then others have them going you know six seven possibly eight wins um obviously we'll dabble more into that next week but regarding the ucla game I, I mean, I expect UCLA, UCLA to win this game uh, fairly easily. Um, my biggest concern is their defense. They were not so happening last year. They gave up 38 or more points in four of the seven games that they played. Um, so I don't know. I, I expect basically UCLA, their offense last year was rolling pretty well. Chip Kelly's known for his offense, known for that fast paced style. I'm curious to see what happens the second half of this game. If they get a little bit of lead, I just expect them to pack it in. And they're not really trying to show anything that you, uh, LSU could possibly steal from them film-wise. So.
0: so to me, that actually gives Hawaii a little bit more of a chance than we, than we may be giving them off the bat here. But I'm also going to give Hawaii a bit more of a chance just because I, I love a couple of things about Hawaii. The First and foremost, the cool, they have the coolest tradition in all of college football, and that's the Haka Dance that they do before each game. So I don't care what anyone says. I'm never going to try to do it. I am not, you know, Asian Pacific or, or, sorry, Pacific Islander uh, or Polynesian of any kind. I just love watching it. I think it's dope. I think it's, you know, one of the best things out there. And if if I were going to get fired up over something before a game, that's it for me. Yes, it's a little bit of a pander pick, if you want to call it that. But, hey, I'll take it. Uh, the, the one other thing that I do say that I love about them is that they have a history of their old nickname, the rainbow warriors. Uh, it is a little disappointing that they didn't stick with it. It does make sense because, you know, at that point you kind of get confused between like, well, are you the rainbow warriors? Because the obvious, you know, Hawaii is known as the rainbow state or, you know, with how everything's going on now, like, does it look like it's more of a LGBTQ plus, uh, sort of thing. And, I can certainly understand a, a university taking a look at a situation and saying, hey, let's just go apolitical here and just drop the rainbow part and just call the Warriors. Uh, but I will say that if the school ever decides to bring out some throwbacks, go back to the Rainbow Warrior look, I will love them forever for it. So University of Hawaii, please do that. Uh, but partially to be a little bit contrarian to you, because I, I, I know you said you got UCLA winning the game here. I'm gonna go with Hawaii. And I, I think it actually is because of the uh, the LSU game that's looming overhead. And I know Chip Kelly usually has his guys ready to go. And you know, they're they're gonna be fast-paced, scoring a whole ton. But I think Hawaii is one of those teams where if it's the first game of the season, they could they could do some things that not everybody's expecting. And if UCLA is kind of holding back some of the things in their playbook so that way LSU doesn't see it, that could actually give Hawaii a little bit of an advantage here in the fact that, you know, they don't care what LSU sees on tape. This this is their Super Bowl, in all honesty. First game of the season, UCLA, big name brand school. You know, you're coming from the islands and you're coming to the mainland. You want to, you know, show up and show out. So, much like their basketball team did a few years ago in the NCAA tournament where they pulled off a big upset where I think they were like a 14 seed and they took out uh, a higher seeded team than them. I'm going to say that this is a trap game for UCLA. Hawaii can take it, and I think they do. Uh, I personally, I think that the over is going to hit in this game. Uh, It's at 68, which is a lot of points, but Chip Kelly, huge scoring offenses, why they're going to have to put up points to take this game. And they also usually have to put up points anyway in order to, you know, uh, to win their games. So both teams are used to doing that. And I think that's why the line is set so high, but I think that both teams do it also because Chip Kelly in particular, never really known for his defense and if, in a COVID still affected season, the last thing that he's really going to want to do is put more emphasis on the defense because he's only got but so much time to worry about his offense So I think that they get tripped up in game one because they're too busy looking ahead to to LSU. So, Hey, we have contrarian picks.
1: (laughs) Nice. So that's that's why the game's played. Right.
0: Right. And that, that one in particular is going to be one that I keep track of the other, the other factor that goes into this though, that I want to make sure I make a point of is if you look at Chip Kelly's history, when he gets into an area, and this this may be just a strange coincidence, but when he gets into an area that's like a major metropolitan area, he doesn't do as well as he does when he's out in kind of you know the middle of nowhere. So, like, you know, he had a whole lot of success at the University of New Hampshire. Is anything in New Hampshire really that well populated to be considered like a major metropolitan area? I guess not. So he goes from there. He also has a whole lot of success at Oregon, huge school. They got a lot of funding from Phil Knight with Nike and everything like that. Yes, I'm sure that really, really helped when it came to recruiting and all that other sort of stuff helped contribute to the success. But he goes from Oregon to Philadelphia. Yes, the NFL is a different animal than college football. That is obviously a major factor in it. But he did decent at first, fell off a cliff quick, and he got run run out of town. He comes to UCLA. Again, there's obviously extenuating factors that go into this. So if you want to make a counter argument, he's he's still gotta get his recruits in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he is in a major city, and he's so far not even making them somewhat relevant. So it's just a small thing where I wonder, like, is he, you know, better suited for a college campus that's in kind of the middle of nowhere, where he can keep all of his kids' attention rather than being in LA when, you know, all of his kids still have the option of the LA life around them to distract them. So small things, small thing, but you know, that could be something that if, if his success continues to, you know, kind of struggle to take off at UCLA could just be a small thing worth keeping an eye on. So after Hawaii UCLA, we get into some of these smaller conferences, but also still some fun games here, especially for week zero. I mean, we're all starving for college football, right? So Or, wow, college football, not college basketball. So we get UTEP and New Mexico State. They, uh, These two teams matching up week one. UTEP, it looks like it's heavy favorites at minus 480. New Mexico at plus 325. Again, no expert on gambling, but I know that the minuses means you're the favorite, and 480 is a pretty big number. And plus 325, also a pretty big number. So I don't know a ton about these teams. Chris, I'm gonna take a guess that you don't either. Uh, We probably won't know a ton about the next three teams that we'll go through. So these may be a little bit less in depth, but I'm gonna make my pick based on the super simple and probably very, very simple minded take of UTEP is in Texas, Texas has more talent. I'm going with
1: UTEP. I'm going with UTEP as well. Um, I, you know, group of five games, always kind of unpredictable. UTEP's in Texas. Texas has more talent. I think you've heard that before. Uh, so <laughs> going with UTEP. Yeah. So
0: that, that one, we'll just kind of brush over. Sorry to any fans of those teams that may listen to this, who may be like, well, why aren't you guys talking about this? Sorry. I just don't know much about you. So we're going to move on from that. Uh, the next game that we have up on our docket here is Southern Utah against San Jose state university. Uh, this one, San Jose is a demonstrative favorite at minus 2000, which I'm pretty sure, based on my understanding, means that like you would have to bet $2,000 just to win 100, which is absurd. Uh, but I know that San Jose State won their conference last year. Uh, I know that because I particularly love their jersey colors, their combination. Uh, they've kind of got that like blue and yellow. Uh, I think they're either like the Trojans or
1: Aztecs, you know, right?
0: Aztecs? Oh wait, no, 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 that's that's San Diego State. Uh, So who? Apologies if you can hear the typing, guys. This is great podcasting. But what is their mascot? You got me. Ah, they're the Spartans. Spartans. Okay, we were both kind of right. (laughs) eh, Not really, but you know. (laughs) So they're they're Spartans. Uh, Their logo, I will say, is pretty dope. I I just couldn't figure out whether it was like Spartans or gladiators or something like that. Um, But. You know, they they won their conference. I remember catching that because I like I just see their colors, I see their logo, I know that's San Jose State. I just don't know a ton about the team. But I, you know, I, I gotta take a guess and say if they win their conference last year, they're not gonna lose everybody because there's no way that everybody's a senior. I didn't even know Southern Utah University was a university. I can't say that I'm surprised because Utah's a big state, so why not have a southern Utah? But The fact that I didn't even know they existed kind of tells you all you need to know about, you know, their, their relevancy, their talent level, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go super chalk here. I'm taking San Jose state and I'm taking them in a runaway.
1: I'm going to do the same exact thing. San Jose state has uh, Nick Starkle returning at quarterback. Um, They lost a few key players um, after winning the mountain West last, uh, last year, but uh, you know, Always, as you said earlier, go with the more established quarterback. Um, But this game, for whatever reason, is interesting. Um, So uh, Southern Utah, and we're obviously going to – this is going to be a theme over the next few weeks, um, possibly even the whole season. But FCS uh, teams, those who, who wanted to play a spring season last year, were able to play a spring season. So Southern Utah played a spring season. They want one and five. I wonder, and I'm not saying that it'll have any impact on this game, but I wonder what that does in the long long run for the season. Will that impact? Uh, will we see more FCS schools upsetting FBF schools this year? Uh, are the FCS schools just going to be totally gassed because the the players really only had three to four months to recover opposed to the normal what, eight, nine, eight or nine, roughly. Um, I'm curious to see how that impacts the season. Um, You know, does San Jose State come out thinking, well, we're the big dogs, Mountain West champions, but Southern Utah is like, well, hey, you know, we, we don't have any rust. We haven't had to deal with, you know, the COVID layoffs and all that. So I don't know. I don't think it'll impact. Obviously, I'm going to San Jose State, but I think that's an interesting caveat for the season.
0: So I, again, didn't even know Southern Utah existed, so I didn't even know they were FCS. Uh, But now knowing that they are, knowing that they played last year, I still don't think that that would mean that much when it comes to going up against San Jose in particular. Uh, If they were going up against UConn, who we talked about earlier, who opted out last year, I think that would have a greater chance to play in Southern Utah's favor. But... Also hearing that they went one in five against FCS competition really doesn't do much for me. If it was a North Dakota state or in recent years, as much as it pains me to say this JMU who had you know played the previous year, they're coming in playing against an uh, FBS team who hadn't played the year prior, then you've got me really considering an upset pick here. But for this one, like I said, San Jose state in a runaway and, I, I don't even think that you see that there is any rust or anything from them because yes, it was it was affected by COVID, but for all intents and purposes, since they played their full season, they're, they're just not going to have that, that level of rust that they could have had if they had opted out.
1: I don't think it'll be an impact for this game, but you know maybe maybe floating down a few weeks, turn the calendar page, Going to go with the home pick for a second. We have Towson that did not play last year. They get North Dakota State at home, and then if they win that game, they're going to be in a huge rush, and then they fly across the country to San San Diego State, and there's an FCS versus FBS team that could have had all last year off, and then on top of that, possibly a big win versus North Dakota. I think that that's an interesting – I don't even know if trap game is – Obviously, you always worry about teams, uh, FBS teams flopping against the lower, you know, competition. Uh, thanks, Chad Henney, and that that Michigan, t- uh, <laughs> the Oso famed Michigan team against the uh, Appalachian State. Uh, but well, let's,
0: let's not forget, Towson came close to beating LSU. I know that close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, but we came close, so we've got that claim to fame.
1: Yeah, I mean, it happens. It definitely happens. I, I, and like I said, maybe I'm just divulging on this now, um, but that's a storyline that I'm interested to see how the FCS teams do against the FBS teams this year, considering a fair amount of them did not play last year and the ones that did play, played a spring season, which none of those guys have ever done in their life. So we'll see just an interesting point for a, maybe not so otherwise interesting game.
0: Well, And I'm doing this partially for the video that I'll put up on YouTube later on. This is going to be my response to you saying that that's going to be interesting. Hey, Google, uh, remind me to check with Chris in October if he has any knowledge of any kind about Southern Utah's football team. (laughs) Yeah. So if I come back in October and I find out that you've actually been keeping up with them, especially with, you know, all the other stuff that you and I both have going on in our lives, uh, frankly, I'm just gonna. Be, I'll just be really impressed, but I'm gonna look at you
1: also like you're a crazy person. I'm a crazy person regardless of, of whether or not I'm keeping up with them. And I can tell you this: I will not be keeping up with Southern Utah. <laughs> Sorry, whatever their mascot even is. <laughs> oh God, I have no clue. I'm I'm not even gonna waste the time to look it up.
0: So uh, that makes for even better podcasting. Now, in what would be considered the nightcap but is not being played at night, I just was not made aware of this game until shortly before we decided to record. Oh, wait. Actually, it is being played at night. Way to go, Sean. Uh, But it's being played at 7 o'clock. So we've got Alcorn State versus North Carolina Central. Now, this game, I didn't realize was going on because when I first looked up the Week 0 schedule – I realized after the fact that I got all the games that are being broadcast on like regular TV channels, as opposed to like you know, streaming options and all the bajillion things that are out there. So it just didn't list this game. Uh, so sorry to Elkhorn State, North Carolina Central for that. I truly meant nothing by that, uh, by you know, having you guys last, even though you're listed ahead of some of the other games here on our on the uh, the actual time layout of the schedule. Yeah, I just. I didn't see them until I looked at the Barstool book. So to that point, credit to Barstool for having Alcorn and North Carolina Central on there when they could have very easily skipped over them. So again, two schools that we don't know too much about. Uh, I believe both are HBCUs. And typically when I see teams like this match up against each other, uh, you, you and I were talking a little bit about this before recording. I kind of view it as Pac-12 after dark with less talent. And by that, I mean that when I turn it on, I don't expect great play because the lower level of talent, but I expect something fun and something crazy to happen. So this game, I, for the sake of posterity, uh, I am a little bit more familiar with Alcorn State and their success over the years, as opposed to North Carolina Central. I think they might be a little bit stronger with their basketball program. I don't know for sure, but... I'm going to take Alcorn State because, again, I'm just slightly more familiar with them. But I'm going to take them. The line is set at 52 and a half. And normally for this sort of game, I would contemplate taking the under. But 52 and a half really is, is pretty low. You know, the, the offenses may not be the, the best, but the defenses aren't going to be either. And in this day and age, I definitely think offense will always rule the day over defense. Because of how the rules are, so give me Alcorn State the over.
1: What, what about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the same. I'm gonna actually go under though, oh. even though it's not 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 a huge line. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Alcorn with the under. Um, definitely more familiar with Alcorn uh, than NC Central. Uh, I have fond memories of beating up on Alcorn back in the, go- the golden years of ncaa video games they were always you know uh, a piece of cake game that would pop up on schedules uh occasionally i would play as a i believe they're in what the SWAC so southwest sounds right sounds right conference um occasionally i would play as teams you know just to add add an added layer of challenge play as a as a nothing team as a as a Team that is out of the national spotlight, uh, just to add some more, you know, challenges to the video game and uh wouldn't end up playing conference games against Alcorn. So gonna go with them. Other than that, I don't know much about them. I will say the HBCU's uh huge rivalries between all of them. So I'm sure that this will be a rocking game, especially to start the season.
0: So can't confirm they do play in the SWAC. Uh, so that one is definitely going to be even more interesting. Uh, I'm going to try to very quickly see if they play in the same division or the same conference as North Carolina Central. So if I like, don't if, think they do. So oh no, they play in the MIAC. Okay, yeah, which is so, the same as Morgan State,
1: I believe.
0: Yes, yes, very much so. Um, which is the you know the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference for those who don't know. Uh, if they were playing in a SWAC uh, or if, you know, Alcorn played in the MEAC, uh, that would definitely add an extra layer to it, kind of like how Nebraska and Illinois do because they're, they're a conference matchup. Um, but at the same time, you know, you go to schools like these, and the one thing that I do know about it without having to know a ton about it is that they do play for a lot of pride. So neither team's going to want to lose this game. It, it's not like, you know – you could have them matched up and you could have one team being kind of like, well, you know, I, I just wanted to go to college to play football. I, I didn't really care where. I just went to this small school because they're the ones who showed me the most interest. Now, nah. these games, they play for pride and there's a lot on the line for them, even if it's not really broadcast nationally. So that like to me, that's, that's why I would tune into it. Because like I said, it's, it's almost like Pac-12 after dark. Something fun is going to happen, whether you expect it or not. So just kind of expect the unexpected there.
1: It is so. also there, and I say there as just in retrospect or foreshadowing, I don't even know what the correct term would be, of week zero, as we discussed earlier, the biggest game of the day is at 1, at 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So this is like their Super Bowl. They get a 7 p.m. Saturday slot on ESPN oh they are on ESPN. oh well you know they might be on like espn 3 espn and the ocho or plus or whatever <laughs> they, they want to call it now but hey hey regardless... the, the dodgeballer
0: in me says do not make fun of the
1: ocho because we are tired <laughs> of hearing about that movie <laughs> um but i mean regardless that's a it's a huge game it's it, the, it's going to get national uh, attention uh not that really anyone watches SportsCenter anymore, because well, that's a whole other conversation for another day. <laughs> but I would imagine that Sunday there's going to be uh, some some of these highlights going there, around. There's at uh, least going to be one or two uh, SportsCenter
0: top tens that come out of that game. Probably that's my guess. I, so. I you know I'm not willing to bet on much when it would come to this game, but I'd actually be willing to place a bet on you know or like a prop bet on them having at least one to two Sports Center top 10 plays. It just, it it always seems to happen. And and frankly, I'm I'm down with it. So to recap, uh, week zero picks, and I did not mention this at the start. I am going to say that I will be keeping track of the games that Chris and I select. Uh, With a limited selection in week zero, we did talk about all the games. That's obviously going to be impossible to do every single week unless we want to bore everyone to death. So... For the games that we do decide to pick, uh, we will be keeping track of win-loss record, and there will be some bragging rights that go along with this. It's not like we're actually spending any money on it or anything, but we'll do it for fun. Uh, hopefully, you know, people can keep track along with us, put put their takes against ours. And, you know, if they've got something crazy like, I don't know, Illinois beating out Nebraska, then, you know, come at us. Because in, in recap, we've got Nebraska beating Illinois. We've got the under, both of us in that game. So if you've got Illinois, come at me, man. I'd love to hear it. Uh, Also, in recap, we've got Fresno, probably shellacking UConn, but both of us still have the under in that game. We've got different picks on UCLA and Hawaii. Chris took UCLA. I took Hawaii. We both did take the over, however. Uh, In the UTEP New Mexico State game, we both took UTEP. Neither of us wanted to touch the over under on that one. I can't say I blame us. Uh, Obviously, I can't blame me. I'm the one who chose not to do it, but I can't blame Chris either. Uh, We've got San Jose State waxing the floor with Southern Utah. Uh, Again, didn't touch the over under. Kind of hard to know if Southern Utah will even score in that game. So I'm not touching that one because there's just too many unknowns in that one. But we wrap up the day with uh, Alcorn State, both of us taking them to win outright against North Carolina Central. Chris took the under. I took the over. Uh, feel free to play along come and comment uh whether it's you know it's on the youtube video that i put up whether it's on you know spotify uh or you know i may start putting out the the anchor link which is the main you know source that i use to get this podcast out but come give us a listen give us a follow uh i'm on twitter as average sean media a-v-g sean sean spelled s-e-a-n i have been forgetting that i actually got to do that because so many people automatically assume that my name is spelled either S-H-A-U-N or S-H-A-W-N. I'm just it used to being S-E-A-N. So I've got to remind myself to let everybody else know that. But just A-V-G-S-E-A-N media. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Facebook too. If you're like me and Chris and still old and have a Facebook, uh, I'm going to try to be getting more active on TikTok. And then, uh, Chris, if he decides he wants to in the future, I might also give him access to the Twitter accounts and, and things like that. Uh, if he wants to shout out his stuff. Chris, do you, do you want to put any of your socials out there for anyone to follow? Or should we skip over that for now?
1: Um, I think I'll throw my Twitter out there just because that's really the only thing I use for sports stuff. Um, and that is just simply at Chris underscore young 18. All right. Uh, and just so everyone knows, from the
0: Average Sean Media Twitter handle, I will probably, unless uh, my wonderful girlfriend has me doing anything else on Saturday, which, I, you know, I'm perfectly okay with if she wants to do that. Uh, hi, Rachel. <laughs> but um, no, so if, if we're still at home just hanging out and I throw on the Nebraska-Illinois game, uh, I will probably be trying to live-tweet that as best I can just to get some more activity going on. So if you're on Twitter and you, and you see me live-tweet it, join in, have some fun, talk some trash with me. I'm more than willing to take it and more than willing to give it right back to you. So this is going to wrap it up for us for this week's podcast. Uh, One little quick note at the end here, Chris and I have discussed doing some other kind of like quick hitter videos, uh, whether it be right before the weekend hits or something like that. Uh, As football season ramps up, it might be easier for us to do that. So that way, you know, like maybe on like a Thursday or Friday or something, the games that we didn't have time to discuss during the podcast Uh, that we record each tuesday you know we might be able to put out like a short video or something where you know if it's a if it's a you know group of five game that we thought was really fun but we just couldn't fit into the podcast you know we might toss something out there for everyone else to see uh so just expect to be seeing uh more coming from us soon uh other than that thanks for listening in guys and we'll see you next time